Welcome, everybody, to the premiere episode of After Live, the unofficial Collider Live after show. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I just wanted to um, start the, start up this show. There's been a little bit of a void ever since the Afterthoughts guys kind of hung it up, and I wanted to uh, kind of bring my, my flavor to it. Uh, just kind of make it my own and just give my thoughts. I've I've loved these guys for a while, and I've been listening to uh, to to the crew since the uh, Schmoes No Live show, and then when it became the uh, Harloff and Ellis show, and you know when when they decided to relaunch the live show as Collider Live, I was really excited um, because it was one of my favorite things on the uh, from Schmoes No was the live show, and so I'm really excited to start this podcast, and uh, I, I hope you guys are excited too. We're going to kind of dive in. There's quite a bit that happened this week, so uh, let's get live. So uh, first off, I want to say this, so preparing for this podcast, this was actually the, these were the first episodes that I've ever actually watched on the YouTube channel. I'm usually, I'm a big podcast listener. Um, I work a third shift job where, you know, I can, uh, you know, listen to my headphones and everything. So I'm able to, for, you know, eight, nine hours a day, just, you know, listen to my podcasts and that's what I usually do. And Collider Live is one of those ones that I listen to, you know, that night that it comes out, I put it on, and it's part of my nightly my nightly routine. And so when I decided to start up this show, I thought, you know, I really need to start watching it because I'm sure there's things that happen that you you kind of miss, whether it's, you know, looks or you know just you know anything that happens on the show that you don't hear necessarily um you know you're missing when you listen to it on the podcast and it's not like you're missing a whole ton but there are some definite things um you know and I I got to say one of the things that I loved about actually watching the po- or the, the 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 show the Collider live show was seeing that big painting of Schnepp the right behind Christian and that uh, the the Schnepp Superman statue, those that was really cool, and it's just seeing those every time, just throughout the whole show. I, it was it was really a, a special thing. I like I love John Schnepp, and and I miss him a lot. So it was really cool to to be able to actually just see that and have that that nice reminder throughout these episodes. So I think that'll be a great thing to see, you know, every week going forward from now. Um, and, and honestly, for some reason, every time they did a wide shot, my first thought was, you know, I wonder who waters those plants. I don't know why, but that, you know, for during the, the Monday episode, that, that was the, the first thing every time they, they pull back and do the wide shot. I, I, I'd focus in on those two plants on the desk. I don't know why it just, it happened. Uh, so it was kind of, kind of amusing. I never knew that there were plants on the desk. So that's something, you know, something that I learned by, 
watching instead of just listening. And another thing that uh, you kind of miss when you're just listening to the show, you're not watching, is some of the stuff with Cody and Cobster in the back because they will cut to the back, but they won't say anything. So if you're just listening to it, you have no idea that they did that. You're not seeing them or anything like that. They're not mentioning that. But seeing them cut back and you get like some, you know, facial expressions or, you know, just anything like that. You just kind of get a glimpse into the back. That's something that you really do miss when you're just listening. So I I got to say, I think I'm I'm really glad that I that I'm doing this podcast and it's given me a reason to uh start watching it every week. So that's I'm really, I'm really digging it. I really enjoy what they're bringing, and I love the, seeing the guys in the back. Um, it, I think it makes for a better watching experience overall. All right, so let's just kind of get right into it. Uh, Monday show, Makuga and Brett were not there, so I was a little bit bummed right off the bat. Uh, I love Brett. He's he, he's fantastic. He's like my spirit animal. Um, I love everything he brings to the show, and I'm glad that they've made him uh, a more mainstay member of the show. Um, so instead of Makuga and Brett, they brought in none other than Finstock, Tom Dagnino. And I gotta say, you know, if you're gonna bring someone in, I think Finstock's a good choice. He is, uh, he's an entertaining dude. I, I love uh, just kind of listening to him, you know, ramble and tell his stories. And I got to say, I would totally listen to a podcast of just Finstock, just kind of like telling stories. Whether they're true or not, I don't care because he keeps them entertaining. Um, problem with that is he is kind of flaky from what everybody says and from, you know, the things that they've talked about. So who knows if you, it would even be a, you know, a regular occurrence. You, know, you never know. It might be like, oh, we got a couple of podcasts and you don't see him, you know, on the pod. You don't hear him again for three months. Who knows? Um, but, you know, no matter what, I, I would definitely, definitely listen to it. And he sounds like a pretty cool guy to hang out with, too. You know, he seems, sounds like uh, no matter what, you'd, you'd have a fun time hanging out with someone like, uh, like Finstock. So, and <laughs> one of the things I want to know what was up? With Finstock wearing that big puffy coat, everyone else is like kind of dressed normal. Is it like, is it really cold in that room? I don't know, but he's wearing. It's like he's outside in the snow wearing this big old puffy coat with the fur on the hood. You know, I, it made me feel warm just watching him wear this coat. No idea. All right, uh, starting off the show, uh, Harloff talked a bit about. Uh, going over to, you know, with the Schmodown Awards and then with the Critics' Choice Awards, um, who he took Finstock with him to. uh, He talked a little bit about his white tux and being worried about, you know, kind of spilling something on it. And I got to say, this is exactly the reason why I kind of, uh, for the most part, avoid wearing white as much as possible. Because I uh, I tend to, you know, spill shit on myself on a regular occasion. And uh, if I had a white tux, I, I would be so paranoid the entire night. I probably wouldn't even want to eat anything. And I would be a, I'd be worried about getting close to anybody who's eating anything because I know, I, I know for a fact I would spill something on that white tux no matter what. Uh, they're talking about the Schmodown Awards and about, how, uh, about giving Schnepp the Yodi Award. And I got to say, that made me really excited to see uh, the upcoming award show. It's a... Uh, Coming out with the 25th, I believe, so next weekend. So I'm super pumped for that. You'll be able to hear my breakdown 
on uh, the the following Monday's episode of Talk and Schmodown. Um, so I'm pretty excited to uh, to get into that. You know, the Schmodown Awards. You know, from everything I saw, it, it looked fantastic. It looked like a great time. So I'm really really excited to uh, break down the Schmodown Awards on my other podcast. Uh, some of the other stuff that they talked about during that day was uh, the trailer for Finstock's uh, show that he's uh, been working on called L- Little Bobby and the Juice. It's a all puppet or it's uh, like dolls. It's like Barbie dolls and stuff like that. It's kind of like Team America almost, but you know, not quite as high quality, you know, production value. But I gotta say, I watched that trailer and what the fuck did I watch? <laughs> Now, they're saying, like, you know, it, it might be offensive to a lot of people. I didn't really find it offensive, but I do have a feeling that the show itself will definitely cross those lines when you get that long, you know, whatever their long, his longer format is going to be. I think that it's, it's, it's going to be something else, um... And, and but I really I gotta see it. I, it looks hilarious, and I laughed throughout the whole thing. But I don't know. <laughs> I I'm sitting here watching. It, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching right now? This is nuts. But it's great at the same time. So definitely excited to see uh, to, to to see what he pumps out for this. Uh, one of the other things that they talked about was Mark Fernandez and uh, his apparent apparent obsession with snakes. And it's funny because I actually saw some of these uh, these po- these pictures that they were talking about of uh, Mark and, and and you know out like looking for snakes or whatever the hell he was actually doing. And I mean, I didn't really know what was going on. I was like, oh geez, he's over here, you know, found a snake or he's messing around with a snake. I have no idea. Apparently, he's out there doing this on purpose. I, I had no idea what was going on, but it was kind of funny to, to hear them talk about it when I actually had a point of reference uh, after seeing, uh, you know, some of these posts that uh, he had put up. Now, getting back to uh, you know Christian and Finstock and in, in, in the the Critics Choice Awards, which I had mentioned before, um, I saw some of the images online for that as well. Christian with uh, Julia Roberts. I saw you know Christian and uh, Finstock with Amy Adams, and I was I was like I was be honest. I was a little shocked that uh, that Finstock was there. I was like, oh wow, he took Finstock with him. Okay, I mean I know you know they're good friends and everything. But it's like everything that you hear about Finstock, you know, he's like I said, you know, he's, he's kind of flaky or whatever. He he's always kind of like embellishing his stories, and apparently he was doing stuff like that at uh, uh, the award show. But you know, according to Christian, a lot of the stuff was actually happening, and that's why I said it seems like he'd be a fantastic kind of guy to hang out with because you just never know what's gonna happen. And then that story about him meeting uh, Ben Stiller in the bathroom, that was a fantastic story. And it, <laughs> him and, and that line, squeeze it easy. Oh, my God. I I busted out laughing so hard. I had to pause the video. That's how hard I was laughing uh, after that one because I didn't want to miss anything else. So I just I, I couldn't believe uh, – <laughs> Squeeze it easy. To, he said that to, to to Ben Stiller, and honestly, after everything that Christian said, I believe it. 
You know, it's 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 one of those things. Like it could, you know, it very well could have been, you know, uh, an embellished story, but I, I I believe it. I don't know. It's uh, either way. Like I said, entertaining stuff, no matter what. And he was, they were kind of talking about, uh, you know, doing interviews and stuff like that and how some people, uh, especially like when you're kind of new to it, when you're, you know, when you're a little fresh at uh, interviews and you try to stick to uh, the questions that you have and you don't let it flow organically and using the, you know, oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, and then right, jumping right into a, a, essentially a, a question that has nothing to do with what they were just talking about. And I have to say, I... You know, I've I've done interviews for this site and for my other site, DC Comics News. Um, and when I first started doing interviews, I I, I was absolutely guilty of doing this, um, of of kind of sticking to my own script and you know listening to their answer, but then just want needing to jump into that next question because I felt like these are the things that I needed to say. And just that hitting that definitely, definitely, or, or, you know, okay, okay, cool, cool, stuff like that. And it, you don't realize you're doing it until, you know, you listen back or until someone, you know, mentions it. But yeah, it's something you really got to look out for. You know, it's really, you really got to kind of like train yourself to just like actually listen and not, not stick so steadfast to the list of questions that you have. Because like Christian said, you know, if you, if you can have a more flowing organic you know conversation with these people that's that will get them more engaged in in what you're talking about because they're yeah they're asked the same questions over and over and over again so if you're able to you know just talk to them like human beings you'll get you'll get better better content out of them they jumped into the second hour. They took their break, and in at the top of that second hour, they talked about uh, their most anticipated films for the year. So I kind of just wanted to go through some of mine and uh, give you an idea of uh, of the films that I'm looking forward to for the rest of this year. Uh, I did uh, technically I did eleven. Um, my last two I'm kind of counting in the same slot because they seem like they might be they have the possibility of being very similar. Um, so uh, when I get to it, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you why. But the rest of them aren't aren't in any particular order. It's, I didn't I didn't want to go through and, and try to rank them. But these are the the ten uh, films that I am most excited for. Technically eleven uh, that I am most excited for for 2019. First off is uh, How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. This one comes out next month, uh, and I love the How to Train Your Dragon series. They are some of my favorite animated movies, and I was super excited when I first saw the trailer for this one and to see uh, Toothless getting you know a girlfriend, uh, a Light Fury as they called it, and. The just the other day, I got an email from Fandango saying that they were doing, uh, you know, setting up early screenings for fans and stuff like that, and that you could actually start ordering tickets. So I was able to get tickets for uh, February second. It's like I think it's like three weeks before the movie actually comes out. So I'm really excited to. Uh, it's like two weeks away now to see uh, the new How to Train Your Dragon. I'm so excited for that one. My next one is Avengers Endgame. Now, of course, this one's got to be on the list. 
It's huge. The follow-up to uh, Infinity War, to what's going to happen. That first trailer was great. I loved it. So I am pumped to see. I've been following you know the MCU since it started. You know, I like I said before, I do. I run a, a site called DC Comics News, but I still love the MCU. I still love Marvel, no matter what. And you know, I think that's the way it should be. Shouldn't be all this division in the fan base. You know, you can love both. It doesn't matter. You don't have to hate just because it's not your favorite one. You know, enjoy everything, man. Come on. My next one happens to actually be a DC movie, and that is Joker. The uh, Todd Phillips directed and uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix. I am super pumped for this one. This kind of grittier crime, you know, smaller level film about the Joker. I know a lot of people are like, you know, you don't need an origin story for the Joker. And to be honest, I said the same thing uh, you know, when this was first announced. But then, you know, with all the uh, behind the scenes photos and, and videos and things like that and the stuff that they have released... I'm actually really looking forward to what Joaquin can bring to this character. And I love the the painted look that we did see, whether that's his final look or not. I mean, even if it is, I think it looks great. It looks like it looks like something that, you know, would be the Joker. I I'd really dug it and uh, I'm really excited to see what uh what goes on with it and uh, with DC kind of getting back on track with, you know, Aquaman uh, doing doing quite a bit better critically than most of their films, and obviously doing better financially since it's hit a billion dollars. Uh, I'm 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 really excited for this new one. Uh, next up is Toy Story Four. I love the original trilogy of Toy Story, and I know a lot of people think that uh, you know, that's where it should have ended. You know, it does. You don't need to go past this anymore, but. I'm also a big fan of all the Toy Story short films that take place after Toy Story 3. They take place with the little girl and with the new toys like Trixie, the the Triceratops, and Mr. Pricklepants and all that. So there's two uh, like 22-minute short films and then there are three like six to seven-minute short films. And I, I love them. They're so fun to watch. And being more familiar with the new characters and everything like that and, and moving past the stuff with Andy through these short films has made me really excited to see what they do for uh, part four and if they're going to you know do a, a new trilogy, a Bonnie trilogy, I guess you could, could call it. You know, so you'd have the Andy trilogy for the first three and then maybe do a Bonnie trilogy. Uh, for for the next few films, I would be absolutely okay with that. I love these characters. I love this world, and it's it's one of the Pixar, you know, the Pixar franchises that I am more than okay with them pumping out sequels to. So they've they've all been great, and I don't expect anything less from this installment. Next up is another Disney film. It's uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. Of course, I, I love the Star Wars films. I enjoyed Last Jedi. I know a lot of people didn't, and that's fine. You know, I, it's not for everybody, I guess. But I, I really dug it. Um, so I'm really excited to see what JJ brings for the final installment here to kind of wrap up this trilogy. Uh, I'm sh- I know that they're going to take a little bit of a break, at least on the saga side of things, for a bit after this one. But I, I'm sure that they'll be back for a 10, 11, and 12. I don't doubt that. 
but I'm really excited to see what uh, what they bring for episode nine. Next up is a is a horror film. It's Annabelle three. Uh, we don't actually have like a like an official title for it, so I'm just calling it Annabelle three. Um, I did not like the first Annabelle. Um, if if you when that film came out, if you had told me that I'd be sitting here telling you I'm I'm excited for you know I'm going to be excited for an Annabelle three, I would have laughed in your face because that first movie was it was so bad. But then Annabelle Creation came out. And I gotta say, I loved that movie. It was so good. It was so good. It is my third favorite of the Conjuring series, uh, behind the, the the first two actual Conjuring films. It's my favorite of all the spinoffs. And so, because of that film, I'm actually really excited to see what they do with Annabelle three. And I know that uh, the Warrens are coming back. For this film, you're going to have uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson uh, reprising their roles from the Conjuring movies in this new Annabelle film. And I that has risen my excitement level to a new high for it, to a place where I didn't think it would be. So yeah, definitely Annabelle 3 is on my list. Um, next up is Zombieland 2. Now, I love the first Zombieland movie. And then they did that that TV show version of it, the pilot, and I didn't really care for it too much. It was okay, but eh, it, it just it didn't have the heart, or the, it didn't have the essence of that original film, and that's because it didn't have that original cast. It was the chemistry of those actors of Woody Harrelson. And Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and, and Abigail Breslin. It was it was those that core group that really made that movie special, and that is the whole reason why I am excited for this one because they are getting that entire cast back. It is going to be awesome. I have no doubt. As long as they can keep that spirit, keep that humor, that tone from that first film. I think it's going to be a great follow-up to uh, to a great film. Uh, my next two, uh, actually, at one point, these characters had the exact same names. We have D- DC's Shazam and Marvel's Captain Marvel. Both at one time were called Captain Marvel. So uh, I, I decided to kind of put those next to each other. Shazam, I, I'm... I'm pumped for i don't know a lot in general about the character i've only read a little bit here and there it's not one of the characters that uh, you know kind of drew me in uh as a comics reader but the thing that really did draw me in is the trailers i've loved the trailers the humor in them zachary levi and the way he he's playing this essentially a kid in a man's body this uh superhero version of big uh, I really am excited to see what they do with it. And with Aquaman just coming out and having a lot of humor in it, I really think it'll do better than uh, it would have if it had come out before Aquaman. I think people are a bit more ready to accept the humor side of DC. And they're, I think they're they're probably looking forward to it after all the grimdark stuff from uh, uh, the, the Snyder films and everything. So uh, definitely looking forward to uh, Shazam. 
which is coming out, I think, in April. And then we have Captain Marvel, the upcoming uh, Marvel film. I believe it's either February or March that that one comes out. Uh, got Brie Larson. This looks really good. It's you know the five, you know the first film since uh, well no it's the second film since uh, Infinity War because you had uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. But this is the one that you're really that you're really looking forward to. That you really want to see what happens because of that end credit scene in Infinity War when Nick Fury sends out a page to Captain Marvel. You know, that that right there makes you like, oh, man, what is going to happen? You know, Captain Marvel's the most, you know, she's the most powerful uh, of being in the Marvel Universe. As for, you know, that's what a lot of people say. And whether I actually believe that is another story, but, and whether they actually go that route in the film is another story as well. But if that's the case, you know, then obviously she's the one who you got to bring her in to do this. And 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 seeing the the trailers, I know a lot of people kind of bagged on that first trailer. Oh, she didn't smile enough. First off, screw off, man. It, why why are you sitting there be like, oh, she needs to smile more? Fuck you. She doesn't need to smile. You're not saying this about the male superheroes if they were all serious and and ha- you know stone faced. You wouldn't be sitting there like, oh come on, Iron Man, or oh come on, uh, Bruce Banner. You gotta smile more. Come on, Captain America. You gotta smile more. No, screw that. She doesn't need to smile. And in that second trailer, she does smile. So you got what you wanted. So everybody who's over here bitching about it needs to just back the hell off and just sit back and enjoy the damn movie. People are so critical before ever seeing a movie all the time. I don't understand how people even enjoy enjoy life living that way. I, I, I just don't understand how you can enjoy life living that way. I, I like to give things the benefit of the doubt. Now, sometimes you do get a trailer that just looks like absolute garbage. However... A lot of times, even with those, I'll still give it the benefit of the doubt. You know, I didn't really care for the Venom trailers, to be totally honest with you. I liked a couple things in them, but didn't really care for the trailers all that much. However, I enjoyed the film. Not saying it was a masterpiece or anything like that, but I enjoyed the film. So, I'm not just going to write off a film. I'm not going to sit here and bag on an actress because... She's not smiling in a damn trailer. Get off your high horses. Watch the damn film. Anyway, sorry about that. My last two films are two things that... They're adapting from things from my childhood. Okay, I'll say it that way. And they both seem like they would be done in a very similar way. Um, They both... Horror-themed um, anthology style. The first one is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, this was a, a, a book series. I think it was three books, I believe, of um, essentially kind of almost like urban legend type stories, horror stories that you know for for you know, a younger audience. But they were there's some pretty freaky freaky shit in these books. And this one is being done by Guillermo del Toro, writing and producing. I had no idea that this was that they were adapting these books into into a film. 
Uh, I was looking through the list in order to do this. I was just kind of looking through what was coming out in 2019, and I spotted that, and I was like, what? And so I clicked on it, read up a little bit. Uh, I found a, a very short synopsis, which is not quite what I was expecting. Like I said, I was expecting more of an anthology style because you know it's it's a book series with multiple stories in each book. So I was expecting it to be similar to that, more you know, anthology style. But from the synopsis, it doesn't quite sound like that. It could still be that, but that, that's not the way that they're presenting it with this synopsis. Uh, it reads, A group of young people attempt to solve a mystery that involves a series of spectacularly horrific deaths in their small town. Now... What they might be doing with it, because it, it says a series of spectacularly hor- horrific deaths in their small town. So what it kind of sounds like they might be doing is taking you know, several of these stories, or maybe even making some new ones, who knows, and kind of reinterpreting them and, 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 and placing them in, instead of doing an, an anthology where it's separate, separate little mini films. All these things happen in the same town, and so they have to kind of find out what's going on. And so you know you have you know maybe you know the 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 sewer rat dog one or the beehive hair uh, story. There, there's all kinds of stuff you know that could be or the um, the you know, spider eggs in the in, in your in the I think nose or mouth or whatever it was. Um, there's, there's a ton of these creepy stories, and that's what it sounds like they might be doing, kind of uh, putting them throughout one uh, storyline, one you know, overlaying storyline. So that could be very interesting. That one comes out in August on August 9th, and since it's Honestly, since it's early August, it, the date doesn't really have me worried. Usually, it's when you get into that late August and then into September, where it's like that's kind of the dump, you know, one of the dumping grounds for the year. But since it's early August, I, I can see that it's kind of like winding back from all the big blockbusters. They don't want to com- compete with those, but they don't just want to dump it somewhere. And you know, so you're still getting that summer crowd. Kids are still out of school. I wouldn't be shocked if it's PG-13 just to get that bigger crowd, but I also wouldn't be shocked if it's rated R because it's uh, it's Del Toro. So, And then the other one is an adaptation of Are You Afraid of the Dark, the uh, TV show from Nickelodeon from back in the 90s. I, I, I love that show. I watched it religiously on SNCC, you know, Saturday Nick, and... I honestly, I had heard, I remember hearing some rumors that this one was getting worked on. I hadn't heard anything definite. I hadn't heard any, uh, you know, any solid, uh, any solid news about it. I, I must not have been paying attention or hadn't caught it. But apparently it's going to be coming out in October uh, from IT writer Gary Dauberman. So the fact that you got the writer from uh, the first IT, from IT Chapter 1, I am that, I loved that movie. Um, I don't think it was necessarily as scary as I had hoped, but the story was fantastic. It was a solid story, and that's where this is coming into play because it's the writer. He he wrote the story, and now he's writing this, and I I'm really interested to see what they do with this. Is it going to be like a long form uh, episode where it's 
the kids around the campfire and they tell one big one story that lasts the whole movie is it going to be a series like i said you know maybe uh an anthology like i was talking about before it could be a series of stories who knows but either way i'm excited to see uh what they do with with that so those are my anticipated films i'll kind of run through them real quick how to train your dragon the hidden world avengers endgame joker toy story 4 star wars episode 9 annabelle 3 Zombieland 2, Shazam, Captain Marvel, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, let me know in the comments, hop down, and uh, are any of these films ones that you are are on your anticipated list? Um, wh- what about these two, uh, the Scary Stories and the Are You Afraid? Are, are you looking forward to, to either of these movies? Yeah, hop down in the comments and let me know uh, what your list is. Now, they moved on from here. You know, they talked about a bunch of stuff, but then they eventually they moved on to to movie news. And the one that I I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit is this Masters of the Universe uh, story. Now, I like I said, I've been listening to these guys for a while, so I've known for a while that they had worked on a Masters of the Universe treatment. Um, and I I read it a while back. I really in, I really dug it and and. I would love to see what they could bring. You know what what they want to do with this character sounds fantastic. However, for the actual film that is coming out, I I'm a little skeptical. Um, that that original Masters of the Universe movie was real cheesy, and you know some of the comics are cheesy as well. Um, however, they did just recently do uh, a crossover with uh, DC Comics, uh, and I gotta say, I really enjoyed this this crossover that they did with DC. And if they kind of brought some of that tone to Masters of the Universe, I could really get into into it. Um, like I said, I would love to see uh, Riley and Christian's version, but if they could get that kind of less hokey tone to this, I think it'll be I think it'll be something special to be honest with you. That brings us into uh, day two on Tuesday. Uh, Brett is back, my guy. He's like I say, he's my spirit animal. I love this dude. He's he, he's just like me. I, I remember seeing uh, a reading on uh, I think it was on the Collider Live Facebook page. Someone put up a question or, or a poll um, asking which member of Collider Live uh, are you most like? And it, you know I thought about it a little bit, and it was definitely Brett. Just you know the, you know his his attitude about things. Um, about how you know he, he he's kind of you know kind of res- a little bit reserved, a bit more quiet. You know he's a family man, that kind of stuff, and just his sense of humor. It's definitely it, it, it rang true with me, a hundred percent. So I I absolutely uh, I love that he was on it. I was really excited, especially because that first on Monday's show he wasn't there. So I was really happy to see him uh, there for Tuesday and Wednesday shows. So they started talking about uh, stuff like Comic-Con and stuff, and, and specifically train rides to Comic-Con. Um, 
and, and how it's it, it's easier to take the train in, like Brett says, you know, it's it's easier to take the train in and, and hitch a ride out. And I guess I've never been to to uh, San Diego Comic Con. I live out in in New York State, in uh, out near Syracuse. Um, I did have finally have the opportunity this past uh, October to go to New York Comic Con though, and I took the train into New York. Um, I gotta say, you know, I I I think I agree. If it's anything like, um, you know, what I experienced. The train ride in was easy peasy. Like I didn't have anyone sitting next to me. It was, you know, I could get up whenever I needed to. It was, it was real kind of relaxed. I, I really enjoyed it. But then that ride back, it was cram packed. So like I had my stuff, you know, carrying, you know, what, you know, all the stuff you get from con. You know, you always come back with more stuff than you than you get there with. And you know, trying to keep it there, you know, with me, t- you know on the floor tucked between my legs it's like it was one of the most uncomfortable five and a half hour rides i've ever had to deal with um so i absolutely understand you know the whole the whole thing about the train rides um it it, i i don't like i said i don't know how it would be out there specifically but if it's anything like my train ride i i'd i'd get it uh, and Christian uh, kind of talked a little bit about uh, cel- uh, Star Wars Celebration and what they kind of want to do at Star Wars Celebration. Um, he, he was talking about uh, you know, a Thursday, a possible Thursday schmodown, uh, an episode of Rule of Two on Friday, uh, episode of Jedi Council on Sunday, and then for Saturday, the big day, he wants to do uh, a schmodown outside of the convention. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know where they would do it, obviously, but somewhere outside of the convention, hoping to get Damon versus Witwer. Um, I, this would be fantastic. Alex Damon challenged him at the, uh, Spectacular. Uh, Damon, uh, challenged, uh, Sam Witwer to a match, uh, for the title, and I, I think though, these two guys, I think would, comp- would, would just rock Celebration. Um, I would, uh, I mean, I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to be able to go to celebration, but it's one of those things that no matter what, it's going to, it's going to knock the, the friggin' the ceiling off that place if they get to do it. So I'm hoping that, that Sam is able to, uh, do this, this, you know, I mean, I'd be shocked if he wasn't there at least, you know, so it would be, you know, it'd be really awesome if he could, you know, be able to carve out that little bit of time to do the schmodown. For that that one that one day, it would be awesome. Um, and then he was talking. About, Christian was talking about a possible live edition of Collider Live. That would be awesome. A live Collider Live would be fantastic. I I mean, I I just thinking about the dynamic that they have in the room and then putting that on stage. I. Th- I, I'm really interested to see how it would work. Um, I I would love to check that out. I, I would buy tickets to something like that, definitely. Um, then they talked about the Josh Makuga, Toby Maguire interview, which I had never seen. I I, I I vaguely remember he you know him talking about it here and there, but it's not something I had ever um, looked up. I knew that he wasn't a big fan of Toby Maguire. So I I finally went 
on YouTube and found it. And man, <laughs> this interview starts off real awkward with some definite tension after uh, Makuga essentially, you know, tells essentially tells him that he hates him and that he hated him in the movie. Um, really, he was talking about the character, but and, you know, and how he, you know, he hated not how he hated Toby playing the character, but how he just like the character himself, how he hated. But it's just the way it comes off. He 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 compares him to a two year old. Um, it, it, and then from that point on, it's only like I think like seven or eight minutes long. From that point on, throughout the rest of this interview. It just did not seem like Toby wanted to be there. Um, not sure if that's just his demeanor. I've never really watched an interview with him. Or if he was kind of pissed off at Makuga uh, right off the bat from those comments. Who knows? Um, I, you know, Josh talks about how he, he did it on, on purpose. He was trying to, essentially trying to piss off Toby Maguire because he, does <laughs> he doesn't like him. So, you know, mission accomplished, Makuga. Um, you know, th- this week, you know, that's not the only person that you pissed off, uh, during, during this week, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, we also got, uh, Booker T calling in. That was really cool. Um, he, he was talking about how he's, uh, getting back in the ring, which I was really surprised by. You know, Booker's been out of the ring for a long time. I love wrestling. I've been watching wrestling for a long time. Um, and... To, to hear that he's getting back in the ring for one more match, I was like, whoa. And it's going to be on uh, Reality of Wrestling. Apparently it's uh, tomorrow, so it's January 19th. I'm recording this on the 18th. Um, I, I think I might have to check this out because that's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get to see Booker T get back in the ring and, and do his thing. I, I really... Really excited to uh, to see if you know if he still got it. He's definitely got it on the mic, so let's see if he still got it in the ring. And then Makuga brought up, uh, you know, having a match with uh, Booker T. I'm like, what? You're asking for Booker T to whoop your ass, dude? You don't know what what you're getting yourself into. I have done some wrestling training. Um, I, I'm not cut out for it. I can fully admit that, but it is not easy and taking bumps hurts. If you take actual solid drops, uh, taking, you know, taking hard bumps and it, it hurts. And I'll be totally honest with you. Someone like Booker T going like humoring someone like you for a match. He's going to run stiff, I guarantee. And it is going to hurt, dude. You, you got to chill out with this whole, you don't like wrestling. I get it. It's not for everybody. You know, you think we're all garbage people. I get it. I get it. But you, you got to chill out about it, dude. You, you're going to get yourself into a situation that's, uh, you're going to wish you hadn't. I'm just saying, like... You know, you you wanna you wanna fight Booker T over here? You're gonna whoop your ass, bruh. It's gonna happen. Um, speaking of Booker T, I gotta say I I really miss his segments on the Schmodown. Uh, I I I wish he would come back even just for like the big events, you know, for like the quote unquote pay per view events. Um, you know, like the spectacular, or the collision, or the free for all, you know, all that stuff. I think that even if he just did a segment for those. 
man, that I would love to see that again because I mean I understand you know doing it at, you know almost every week or whatever. Maybe it was a little too much or whatever, but I, I I'd love to see him at least come back for those big events. Uh, maybe even like have him come out during a live event or something like that. That'd be really cool, especially if you get to do one down in Houston. I bet you he would show up for that. Then we got to see, uh, we got to peer into the back, and we got to see Perry Nemiroff in the back. Uh, that was real fun. I love, I love watching her on just about anything. So it was, it was really cool to, uh, to, to see her in, in the back with the guys. Um, they were talking about the Slack app, which they've talked about, you know, numerous times on the show. And I gotta say, just from what they're, just from the way that they've described it on the show and the way that they, you know kind of talk about its usage i gotta say i would not want to use this this app you know nobody seems to really like it but i I don't know i don't know it's it's not something i've ever had to use and i don't honestly think i would use it unless i was uh required to to be completely honest with you then we got our very first is what i'm going to start calling life lessons from christian harloff uh, I, I, I'm going to try, I'm going to try every week to, to find one thing that, that would fit this, uh, and kind of put it in as almost like a little mini segment or something like that. Uh, but yes, so this is our very first life lesson from Christian Harloff. <clears throat> Don't tell a woman her coat looks like she skinned Barney. Very good advice, Christian. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> when they were talking about that, it was hilarious. It's like, first, why would you say that, dude? And second off, Barney is purple, not pink. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just not something that you say. <laughs> so uh, yeah, look out for some more life lessons from Christian Harloff in the following weeks. Um, they then talked about uh, the movie Glass, the upcoming uh, M Night Shyamalan film, the follow up to Unbreakable and Split. And I gotta say, I was bummed, man. The the, the lukewarm uh, reception to it, I'm really bummed. But I'm still gonna go see it. I, I've got my tickets for Monday. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go check it out then. Uh, I, I loved Unbreakable and I loved Split. So I, I, I'm really excited to see them kind of merge these worlds together. But man... I, I'm I'm bummed at this at the reception that it's been getting from a lot of a lot of critics that that I respect. So we'll we'll kind of see see what happens. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Hopefully I like it, but if not, it is what it is. Um, and they kind of they took their break, and there was there was something that every time I listen to an episode of Collider Live. I think this same thing every single time. And it's that some of their commercials need to be updated, I think. Um, they've done it with a few of them. I remember uh, like the first commercial for Roka's sports show um, where he says, you know, he, he says like, we've been doing this for a, for a week or two and it was like two months in and they were still using that commercial. They eventually stopped using it and switched it two different commercial but it's the one uh for movie review talk with scott mance he you know i love the show so it has nothing to do with the show or with mance i love i love both the show and mance it's just the fact that he specifically says that he never has the same guest twice 
but he does. I know. I understand that's how it started. That he he was he wasn't going to have the same guest more than once, and that's that's fine. But that stopped happening, and he's had multiple guests more than once. Um, so I just kind of I I feel like the commercial just needs to be updated. Just you know, record a new commercial with with Scott. Um, because every single time I hear it, I'm like, that's not true. Uh, that, that's, that's a lie there, Scotty boy. But so I, like I said, I, that, that's really the only comment about, about the ads. Um, there, there was one, it was the, uh, witching hour commercial. When you're listening to it, it's really weird because at the end, Perry's like, ah, and you don't have any context as to why she's at ends the commercial with that weird like little yell thing you have no idea You're like why did she run out of things to say and so that's how she ended it i mean and maybe in general that's you know was the reason but when you actually watch the ad it she it's her pointing the the her the little pitchfork that she's carrying at the screen like she's doing something for she's doing it for a reason you know um, so it, now it doesn't bother me. Even just li- you know, if I listen to it, I, I'll, I'll be able to picture that that part in my mind. So uh, you know, other than that, you know, I I like that they are able to get all the ads out at once. They just kind of take a take a nice little break, gives you a chance to get up, go to the bathroom if you're sitting down watching it, um, and, and just kind of pump out all the stuff for their shows. You know, they have a lot of great content on Collider and. I'll be honest. If I if I had the time to sit down and and, and take notes and, and do a show about everything that they do, or at least all the stuff that I watch, watch or listen to, man, it would be forever. I mean, we're already coming up on fifty minutes in this podcast, and uh, and and I'm just talking about the one show. Just imagine if it was about everything. This would be this would be like a three hour podcast. It'd be crazy. But yeah, I, I I watch slash listen to most of the things on on the on on the network on the podcast network on Collider, um, I, and I love because I love the personalities here. That's what it is. It's the people. It's not necessarily the content. It's the people. I love the crew at Collider. You know, Christian and Mark and Roca and Perry and 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 and, and uh, now you got uh, you know the action guys are here. Uh, you know, we got Haley Fouch, you know, who, who's with Perry on, on the Witching Hour. You got Jeff Snyder. Uh, you got all kinds of people. You got Koi uh, and Amy over on Heroes. You got Mark Riley. You know, you got so many people. Josh McCuga and Roxy Stryer. You know, they do, you know, Josh does TV time and, and him and, and Roxy do hypothetical questions. And, you know, at, along with Collider Live, they do so much stuff. There's so much going on. And then you know, and then you have you know the schmodown and everything. You know, it's it, it's it's the people that work there. It's the people that bring this content to us. That is why I keep coming back. I love them. I've been watching like movie talk since the AMC days. I started watching movie talk right after they switched to uh, a date from the weekly to a daily to the daily format. Like it was like. I think within a couple of weeks of them switching over to the daily format on AMC. Well, when Campia was there and everything, uh, and it was like Campia, Dennis, uh, Schnepp, Amy Rose. You know, I remember those days. I've been watching ever since then. 
And I followed it over to Collider, and they just built this brand that is fantastic. And Collider Live is one of my favorites on it. It, it, it gives you just like this open look at everything. It, it, it's it's kind of freewheeling, and I and I love it because everything else is a little bit more structured, and that's fine. It's you know that it, it, it works great for for those types of shows. But it's nice to kind of just you know to just kind of hype you know just metaphorically let your hair down for a show like this you know i really i really enjoy um you know what they do here um so you know they come back from the break uh makuga left riley came in and then they had uh an interview with harley quinn smith and uh brendan meyer from uh they have a, a new movie coming out called uh all the all these small moments yeah, all these small moments is the name of the movie. Um, I, I I really dug this interview. I thought it was really good. Um, I like Harley Quinn Smith. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of, of Kevin Smith, of her father. But you know, I've been kind of keeping an eye on her as as her career has been kind of blossoming. Obviously, through her father's films that she has she has done stuff in uh, with Tusk and Yoga Hosers. And then also now with her being on uh, uh, DC Daily on the DC Universe app. Um, so she's really carving out a, a space for herself in the industry. And, I really, and I'm really excited to see kind of what, where she goes, how she sets herself apart from her father. You know, because she doesn't want to just, you know, have everything handed to her. She just doesn't want to just ride his coattails and be, oh, the daughter of Kevin Smith. She wants to be her own person. And and I really dig that, so I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what comes of her uh, her career. And then with uh, Brendan Meyer, I, I gotta say I had I I honestly had no idea who this guy was. For those of you who listened to my other show, Talking Schmodown, uh, when I was talking about the upcoming schedule, uh, I, I mentioned he he has a match coming up to him, and I, I honestly I don't even remember. The other guy's name, I think it's like David Oyama or something, something like that. But I said I don't know who either of these two guys are. Uh, I had looked up Brendan Meyer. I was like, okay, he's an actor. Uh, he was on the OA. It, he was on stuff that I just didn't watch. I I never seen the OA or any other stuff that he was in. Um, so I, I had no idea who he was. I haven't seen the guest. And a lot of people. Have, Told me, to, you know, I really got to watch it, really got to watch it. I'm behind on a lot of stuff, but... <clears throat> so, The Guest is one that I, I guess I'll I really have to check out. But, um... So, the fact that he was here, and I, I kind of got to learn a little bit more about this guy, that was really cool. I had no idea that, you know, he's been to, like, pretty much... Like, to, to most of these Schmodown tapings over the last year or so. Um, you know, he's been there. I've never heard of him, but he's been there, you know? So, like, it, it's kind of like when you get, like, say, like a Henry Cavill. You know, a lot of people, a lot of us, like a lot of fans, didn't really know who he was. But he was well-known inside the industry. You know, so, like, this kid, I may not know who he is, but he's known inside of the, of that, of the Schmoes industry, of that, you know, that group. And, and so it makes sense, you know, that he... Would be getting a shot, you know. Sure, you got to bring in fresh blood, and so that's cool. And but it was nice to actually get him, you know, on the desk and just kind of get to know him a little bit before you know he he goes in, 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 into the schmodown. 
um, and, and starts. So it, it, that was really cool. That was, yeah, I really, I really like that. Um, you know, a lot of stuff went down. We had, uh, we saw uh, a little bit of beef between uh, Roxy and Frank. Kind of that beef was kind of heating up. But I gotta say, after the events of the Wednesday show, uh, I don't really think this beef even matters. <laughs> the stuff that went down on the Wednesday show, whoo-wee, trumps any beef that happened uh, happened with uh, Roxy and Frank this week. And they also, uh, Christian mentioned uh, Brett to the Future possibly coming back. And I was thrilled to hear him say that. I really, really hope that it comes back. I love Brett, and so any chance to kind of get him on the mic a little bit more, and I really enjoyed Brett to the Future when uh, uh, when he was doing it for the Schmoes No Live show. So I'm I, that is something I am definitely behind. Bring back Brett to the Future. Hashtag Brett to the Future. Let's do it. Let's get it going. Let's get that trending. We definitely need more Brett in our lives. Absolutely. Um, like I said, you know, it's good to see, uh, you know, it was good to see Brendan and Harley Quinn Smith doing their thing. Uh, apparently she's uh, going to be in the new Tarantino flick, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, that was fascinating to, to, to find out. I had no idea that she was going to be in that. So that's really cool. And she, she's in a band. I knew she was in a band. Um, but they have, a, a, apparently have an album coming out. So that's awesome. You know, she's just, she's really getting herself out there. And I really dig that. And then they played a little clip of uh, uh, Steve uh, Frosty Weintraub's uh, interview with Kevin Smith and uh, him talking about uh, the Schmodown. And, and I got to say, I would love to see him join the Schmodown, even if it was just on, on the desk. But I, I would absolutely love to see uh, what he could bring to the Schmodown. And that brought us toward the end of uh, of the Tuesday show. There was one final thing that I wanted to mention for the Tuesday show was that I'm really shocked that Roxy has apparently never heard of, of Letterboxd. I use Letterboxd uh, all the time now. I, I, I remember when it was kind of getting big and I was like, eh, I, you know, I, I had my own site so I was posting stuff on there. I was like, I don't need something else. To kind of, you know, put my stuff on, whatever, it's not that big of a deal, blah, blah, blah. But then I tried it, and I was like, man, this is nice, I like this, I can, I can, you know, record my, my scores, and, 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 and it keeps track of everything that I watch, uh, and, and then you can make, you know, your best of lists, and that's mainly what I use it for, you know, I, I log, you know, all the movies that I watch, you know, into the diary, and then I, I make my like best of twenty you know my best of twenty eighteen lists and, you know and then uh, what I did last year is I also did um, my ranked list of uh, the uh, best feature film Oscar nominees so you know I had the, you had the nine nominees and I just kind of made a list of, of how I ranked them after I was able to watch all of them so I love that option because then you can kind of share the list and that you know. And uh, like you can take a screenshot of it or whatever, and show the picture, and just kind of, kind of just start a conversation within the community. <clears throat> and that brings us into Wednesday. Now this is the day where the shit hit the fan. Um, th- they ended up cutting this episode short, like an hour and twenty minutes. 
because of of what ended up happening. Um, <clears throat> before I get into it, you know, we, you know, they had an interview with uh, Tom Everett Scott. That was really cool. Um, I, the first time I remember knowing who he was was from the movie uh, American Werewolf in Paris. <clears throat> now, I know a lot of people aren't the biggest fan of that movie. Uh, I understand American Werewolf in London is a su- superior film. However, me and my brother watched American Werewolf in Paris so many times. It was ridiculous. We loved that movie. And I still enjoy that flick. Um, I, I like the, the werewolf transformations in it. Um I don't know. It's just it's a kind of a cheesy '90s flick, but I, I you know, cheesy '90s flicks are kind of like things I love to talk about. I love that stuff, but I really enjoyed that, and so it was really cool to kind of, kind of, you know, hear him kind of talk about his life a little bit, and uh, you know how he's kind of settled down and everything. He's you know got wife and kids and everything, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see more from him. I, I kind of hope that he he's able to do more, but. You know, I, it was nice to just kind of hear him sit down and, and kind of talk about talk about things. You know, that was really cool. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was an awesome guest for for Christian to get. Uh, Christian also mentioned that next week they would not have an episode on Monday because it's uh, to celebrate Martin Luther King. Um, so I, I I don't know if they're only going to do two episodes or if they're going to also do an episode on Thursday. Um, they didn't actually say, but, uh, you know, no matter what, I'll be covering it for next Friday, um, on the show. So, I, you know, hey, if we have a break, you know, whatever, we have an extra day off, you know, whatever. I've got to say, I'll kind of miss it, but I get it. It's all good. Then they kind of got into a conversation about sick days and about, um, you know, coming to work sick and this kind of stuff and... I gotta say, for the most part, I agree with Roxy. Not, I know, a hundred percent, because there are definitely times where you know, if you just got a little sniffle, you got a little whatever, you go to work. Um, I, I don't have the the luxury of having uh, unlimited sick time. Like apparently, Brett's wife works at a job where she has unlimited sick time. I'm like, holy shit! I couldn't, I couldn't imagine something like that. Where I work, you have a specific number of of uh, days that you can call in. They're they're unpaid, you, you know, so it's not like a paid sick day or anything like that. You do get you know vacation time, but um, if you call in because you're sick, you've got a certain amount. You get eight days total within. Uh, I think it's like a six month period. If you Go over that eight days. If you hit nine days inside of that six-month rolling period, you are fired or terminated. So, you know, when they're talking about how, you know, when Brett mentioned that his wife's got, you know, the unlimited amount of sick days and stuff, and they're they're talking about how, you know, people tend to um, come in when they have that, you know, because they're not like, you know, oh, I got to use my sick days. Or for for me, they're not afraid to call in when they're actually sick. Now, like me, I get you know migraines, um, things like that. Back in last year in January, I blew out my biceps, so I was out for a while, 
And so, like, when I went back to work, there were times when I would, you know, be in, you know, a decent amount of pain or something like that. And, and, you know, I would call in. Okay. Or I would have a blinding migraine and nothing was touching it, you know, and it happens. But now, like, I'm at a point where I can't call in right now until some of my days roll off. So if something happens, if I have a blinding migraine or if I get sick, I can't call in. I have to suffer through a day of work. And I work third shift. So it's it's even worse because, like, I won't, I, you know, I don't get much sleep in general, you know, and and I take care of, of, of a three-year-old during the day while my wife works. So, you know, I don't get a whole lot of sleep in general. And if I were to get sick, it would be worse at this moment because it's going to be another, like, month or so before any of, this, any of my days roll off. So it's stuff like that where it's like it really does make it hard. Like I understand wanting to put a limit on it because you don't want people just calling in all the time. But I, I get that. I, I absolutely get that. But it's the fact that you get fired right off. Like, boom, gone. I've seen so many people fired for, for attendance at, at where I work. And it, it's, it's crazy. Good workers. It's just, you know, stuff happens. Good workers, and now now we don't have them. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, like I said, I, I agree for the most part. But, you know, when it comes to Rocky, with, with what Roxy said, you know, you, sometimes you can't just suck it up and go to work. Sometimes it's not safe for you or for other people. You know, so you just, you, sometimes you just got to stay home. It is what it is. All right, then we come to this Gillette commercial. Um, and part of this is what sparks everything else. Um, this this Gillette commercial where apparently a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of dudes got offended by... Um, and you want to know something? If you are one of those guys who got offended by this Gillette commercial, then you are part of the problem, plain and simple. Um, I... I am somebody who has a large beard. A lot of people were offended, uh, not just because of the you know them insinuating toxic masculinity, which is a thing, and, I, and anybody who says otherwise is either ignorant, naive, or plain stupid, because it's a damn thing and it's ruining this fucking country. <laughs> Other than that, like I said, as somebody who has a large beard, a lot of other people were getting offended because uh, of them insinuating that you need to shave your beard to uh, to, to not be one of those types of guys. <clears throat> now, I don't agree with that, you know, with that message. However, what you got to realize, this is Gillette. They are a razor company. Of course they want you to shave. That's how they make their money. If it was almost any other company doing this commercial, they probably would not have insinuated that in any way because they wouldn't care whether or not you shaved. Gillette wants you to shave. That's plain and simple. Don't get offended by it. It's it, it's business. Just it, yeah, that's just the way it is. All right, and then. Uh, 
after the Tom Everett Scott interview, Makuga came back to the room, and this is where everything kind of just blew up. <clears throat> so to preface, before the the interview, uh, Roxy, you know, which is being Roxy, you know, it's that's the show hashtag that's the show. And she, you know, spouted off the phrase, suck my dick, like three times probably, something like that. Now, this is not the first time she has said that on this show. She has said that phrase several times on Collider Live. It is nothing new. It's it's one of what, what uh, some people refer to as a Roxyism, just like the, uh, the, you know, the can I come. You know, it's, it's, it's something that she says. It's just, that's her, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with her saying that, and I thought what what Brett said after her was hilarious. It it was one of the funniest things I had heard during the entire show. But to me, the whole thing was a bit ridiculous. Uh, I, I I can't believe, <laughs> like I understand in. Okay, I'm going to preface this by saying that I love Josh McCuga in general. Um, I, I don't always agree with him, but I love him as a guy. I love him as a personality. Um, I love him on the shows that, that I, I, I hear, I listen to him on. He's, he's a great dude. But sometimes he can be judgmental. You know, the whole neck tattoo thing wrestling garbage people comment and now this saying that you know that on a show like this they need to hold themselves to a higher standard that's not the show whether you're gonna sit here and 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 berate them and and then try and say that that's not what you're doing no this is exactly what you're doing you're trying to push your agenda your feeling about all this on everybody else that is not the way roxy rolls all right she's not you you should know that you you work with her on a show on hypothetical questions and you know that she would never say that on that show she talks like this on this show because that's the show that is the show that they were hired to do that is the show that christian wants it to be and i understand if it's something that doesn't jive with you josh but dude if you don't like it then don't be on the show anymore it would be sad but don't be on the show anymore now i i you have a right to feel the way that you do and that is fine like i said you know you know if you don't want to be on the show don't be on the show you have that right to be offended or upset or, or whatever and i get that you ha- you yourself josh mccuga you have a brand that you are trying to cultivate you know you want to be the next host of jeopardy and i get that you know and maybe you know being on a show where someone sh- shouts out suck my dick isn't the best thing for someone who wants to be the next host of jeopardy but dude you've been on this show for a while it is not by far the first time that she has said that on this show. So if you don't want to be associated with that type of language or behavior or whatever for your brand, then why have you stayed on the show knowing 
that she has said things like that, that things are, you know, that stuff like this goes on on the show. I don't know if something was bothering you beforehand, if something, you know, if you were having a bad day and that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know. But yeah, you have the right to feel the way you do. But what you don't have the right to do is to make Roxy and Brett feel like shit for being the people that they are. You're being you're being the person that you are. They're being the, the people that they are. And they have that right, especially on Collider Live. You know? And so, because of all of this, um, there was a definite cloud over the rest of the show. Uh, uh, Josh eventually, you know, left the, 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 the show for the day. Uh, we'll see if he comes back Tuesday or not. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I, I hope he does. Um, I, I, I like Josh on the show. I like hearing his thoughts on things. It's, you know, he, he's great. But if it's something that he can't handle, then he needs to, to move on to a different show. He needs to stay on TV talk and hypothetical questions and, and, and the occasional other show. But, you know, maybe Collider Live just isn't the show for him. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but the last thing I wanted to mention was that uh, I was a little bit bummed that they didn't have Brett go out and talk to people. Now, I'm curious if, if Christian hadn't cut the, the, the episode short by for like 40 minutes, if maybe they would have done some stuff like that. But I get why he did it. You know, there was a lot, like I said, there was a cloud over the rest of that show throughout the, you know, the news and everything that they did, but it was crazy. Um, I, 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 like I said, I hope Makuga comes back, um, and, and, and I hope that him and, him and, you know, Roxy were able to, to, uh, patch things up and, and, and smooth things over. She was really upset and, and it, it, it affected both her and, and Brett it put Brett back into a state where he doesn't necessarily want to talk, and that is that is not cool. You know, uh, Brett. I love Brett, and I want him to be more active, more vocal on the show, not less, because he's afraid to say something because it'll cause Makuga to to explode or something. Like, and I get that there was, you know, that they had a guest in. Okay, and I get that the publicist was out there and all that stuff. And maybe, you know, she should have, you know, held her tongue a little bit because the, the guest was, was in the bag, you know. Maybe. Okay. I, I, I get that. But you aren't, you weren't saying, oh, you shouldn't have said that during this episode. You, were, you, you are making this a blanket statement. You know, Josh, made, you know, he, he, he made her feel like shit. And I don't think that's right. And I hope that they, they, they were able to make up and that he was able to apologize um, but I, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that, uh, that was after live, uh, quite, quite an interesting, uh, uh, first episode to, to have to run with, but, uh, I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I'm, you know, I'm working on the format and everything. So if you got any suggestions or anything like that, shoot them my way. Um, you can, uh, be sure to follow me on, uh, all the social media. I'm on Facebook at, uh, Merc with a movie blog. And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Movie Blog Merc. I also have a YouTube channel and uh, and obviously the podcast feed on Apple uh, Podcasts and on SoundCloud. You can find uh, my show After Live and 
talking schmo down there. Uh, I'm going to be doing some reviews on the podcast. I just recently started doing uh, trailer reactions on the YouTube channel. I did uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and I'm going to be doing um, you know some other ones, some some big ones that that drop here and there. Uh, you know, whatever kind of comes out that I'm interested in, or something that's like a big event film, I will definitely uh, do do a trailer reaction for on the site. Also, um, if you're into DC, DC Comics, check out my other site. I'm the editor-in-chief over at DC Comics News. It's www.dccomicsnews.com. We also have a uh, podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts. It's just the DC Comics News uh, Podcast Network. Um, so definitely check that out. We also have a YouTube channel. We are on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitter, in, uh, Instagram, Tumblr, at DC Comics News. So uh, definitely check that out. And make sure you are subscribed to uh, the Collider uh, channel, to the, to the Collider YouTube channel, so uh, you can watch Collider Live every week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It's it's a great show, so check it out if you haven't, if this is your first time listening, if you're first time watching. Keep watching. Get your friends to watch. It's such a fun show. I love it. And uh, yeah, so that about wraps everything up for me. I hope that you have uh, enjoyed the show. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and this has been After Live. <laughs>